0: Now we know that Jesus is a superb storyteller, he always starts with our story like any good storyteller and he leads us into God's story through that story and uh, this morning we have the two builders. So a builder builds his house on a rock so that it survives when the sea rises and the winds come and the other one doesn't. Now, Lake Galilee, from where Jesus was speaking, is the perfect setting for this parable. You see, in the summer, the sand on the shore is really hot and really dry and gives the impression of being firm. But in winter, the River Jordan kind of floods its banks and pours down into the lake and um, kind of dampens all the sand around it. And so any wise builder in Jesus's world knows that that sand is precarious. In fact, in the 1970s, in some ex- excavations, they found some um, house foundations very near the shore of um, Lake Galilee made of basalt stone foundation, quite a lot of houses. And so we know that that was good practice. Around the shores of Lake Galilee, a house without a stone foundation just won't survive so we can get the surface meaning this meaning around building some of you have recently been going through a lot of house extensions we know in your own home so um, you know what it means this idea of good foundations and when we walk around London often all rich and icy is a building site London City of London is a building site isn't it so we get the surface meaning But will we get the twist like Jesus's audience will we get that deeper meaning you see in Jesus's audience when he gave this story there were three roughly three groups of people there were his own disciples who were listening from a faith point of view there were people who were just fascinated by Jesus's radical teaching and he'd kind of built up a national influence And people just followed him, a crowd followed him just to hear what he had to say. And then there were the religious leaders who were kind of dotted in the crowd and they were there because they were feeling threatened by the huge influence Jesus was having um, by his teaching. And he says to all of them, you're all invited to hear my words. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. But which words is Jesus talking about? Well this parable comes like a bookend right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount teaching that Jesus had given just before that, Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7, all Jesus's words of teaching, all in a block. And that Sermon on the Mount is often considered to be a a kind of magna carta um, a generous framework for life in God's new community under God's loving rule and this was really challenging for the religious establishment because it was so radical so generous three whole chapters of it here's a few tasters I want you to hear this teaching of Jesus this morning first we have the Beatitudes the blessed are blessed are the peacemakers blessed are you when you're persecuted, all those kinds of ones. Then there's live as the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Don't think freedom lets you off your responsibility to God's good purpose. Your inner life must align with God's good purpose. Be reconciled with those you've offended. Don't even think about betraying the promises you've made to your partner. Let your integrity be enough. Expose unjust abuse. When it comes to money, treat everyone like your closest family and friends. Love your enemies. Give aid, but don't make a show of it. Pray, but don't make a show of it. Grieve over sin and be cleansed, but don't make a show of it. Value what lasts. Don't waste your life on nonsense. Make sure your inner life's healthy. Don't get distracted by conflicting desires. Don't fret about things you've got no control over. Don't be judgmental. Work on your own flaws. Give everything due honour. Don't be helpless. Have you got needs? Ask, seek, knock, and you'll find. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Don't follow the crowd. Follow me to life, says Jesus. Don't be naive about uh, flashy promises or quick fixes. Be discerning in your choices and don't be duped by people who do flashy things in my name. I don't even know them. And the golden rule of this teaching right through is mutuality, love, justice and absolutely no domination, manipulation or abuse. What a charter of freedoms Jesus is proposing for that new community. So why this teaching and then why the parable? You see, there's a national crisis going on in Israel. The religious and political leadership have kind of lost their way. They've lost their voice. They're official legal experts in Torah law, but they're using it to their personal advantage. They've muted the power of the Old Testament prophets, the power of scripture to speak for itself. So in the Old Testament, the prophet would say, thus says, says the Lord. But now it's got muddy and confused and everything's kind of got a bit corrupted in scripture. Consequently, their house, which is another word for the Jerusalem temple, is built on sand, Jesus says, and it will be swept away. And Jesus draws this line in the sand for us. And he says, will you reject this kind of um, surface righteousness for a richer, deeper invitation into this new kingdom community? Will you trust this expansive, inclusive vision of my father's generous kingdom? Will you act on my words? Now, leadership expert um, Max Dupre said, if you want to know what you really believe, Just examine your behaviours. And I think that's true, don't you? So we can say one thing and do another. We can say, for example, I absolutely believe in truth. Yet under pressure, we tend to lie. So our core belief isn't really truth, is it? Or we might be really vocal about living ethically. But we keep ordering from Amazon Prime. So living ethically is not necessarily our core belief. Back to the builders. One acts on Jesus' words, one doesn't. Ultimately, the message is clear. What matters isn't so much our words alone, but it's the actions and the choices in our daily lives. And ultimately, Jesus' demand on us is an ethical one. And here's the twist, another little twist. The religious leaders are absolutely astounded by that. Now in this context, astounded doesn't mean impressed. The crowd is fascinated and the disciples might be inspired, but the religious leaders are hopping mad. You see, they feel themselves to be God's gatekeepers. They're rattled that Jesus with such authority is redrawing the boundaries of God's generosity in such inclusive ways. So here's the question. When we've heard Jesus' teaching, what will we do? On what will we build our lives? It can't be just religious activity, says Jesus. It can't be just words. It's going to have to be on a long and faithful obedience. My words, says Jesus, and he says them to us, are not to be toyed with. They're only heard as they begin to work on our life and shape us into full and lifetime faith. But obedience, this word for us moderns, carries baggage, doesn't it? And I get this. You see, obedience can be abused. So women can suffer from forced obedience in patriarchal structures and men are sometimes brutalised in the name of institutional obedience. And obedience can sometimes look like mindless conformity even in churches. It's a lovely quote here from some, some religious nuns and this is what they say because they're obviously you know, one of their devotions is to obedience. This is what they say. The misuse of obedience always results in wounded human beings less than what God made them to be, less than able to be the sultan like Christ expects them to be. So what kind of obedience does Jesus call us to? It's an obedience from the inside out, isn't it? And it's an obedience that aligns our hearts and our will and our deep faithfulness to Jesus's words and to Jesus himself. Now none of this is rocket science, but it is cu- countercultural, and therefore it's very demanding. And ultimately the parable asks us, whom will you follow? It should be Jesus, says Matthew, all the way through his gospel. His whole gospel points to recognizing Jesus for who Jesus is. And the parable of the wise and foolish builders strips our lives to the bare bones. So, is there anything that we're trying to build on sand? A lifestyle, a relationship, our diaries, a schedule a programme, a dream, in our personal choices, in our family life, in a relationship, in our church, in our communities? Is there anything that we know deep down we're trying to build on sand that will wash this away? And if that's true, can we let God remake us from the below the ground up, from the inside out? That's the challenge of the parable. And this old story told 2,000 years ago is as challenging to us today as it was to the people who first heard it, don't you think? So may we hear the words of Jesus today and may we commit to building on the rock who is Jesus Christ our Lord. For as Paul will say soon enough, in his letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. For no one, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen, amen. Let's pray together. God of wisdom and groundedness, you invite us to live our lives in the deep realities of your gracious kingdom. Help us build with faith, hope and love in our hearts and give us a long obedience. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Rock and our our Saviour. Amen.